ready to lace up your boots, throw up your horns, and jump into the pit. Then let's stomp the stigmas of mental illness. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now, Will Foley and Timothy Patrick. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another Above Ground Podcast. Above Ground Podcast, because you can't serve below... I am Will Foley, and I am sitting across from my co-host, TPP. You down with TPP? Yeah, you know me. Yeah. What's up, Timmy? How we doing this week, brother? Uh, how we doing? Um, uh, you know, a little, a little anxious, to be honest with you. Yeah? You're a little anxious, are you? A little anxious. A little anxious about, you know, school opening up and how it's going to work out and... Sounds to me like you may be experiencing a little grief. Well, grief, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's, um, yeah, maybe. Grief. Grief is something that we don't quite understand that well. No. I don't think. I think people can spend their whole entire lives grieving and not realize they're even grieving. That's possible. We have a lot of things to grieve. Obviously, kids have grieved their school years. They've grieved their graduations. Parents have grieved their children not being able to 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 go to school. They've grieved losing parents or losing friends to this pandemic. They've we're we're going through such a crazy time right now that the amount of grief that people are experiencing is is beyond anything that we could ever recognize. And we don't know what the lasting effects of that grief are going to be. No, that's and that's yeah. As someone who, who, who has a, a unique perspective on grief, because I think, I think that there's been things in my life that I've never grieved that I should have grieved because I didn't understand what grieving was. Like when when we think about grieving, we think about crying over someone that we lose to death. Like that, that is a form of grieving and that is a form and that is a a legitimate form of grief, but we don't grieve. We don't grieve the experiences that we, we had expectations for. We don't grieve the job we lost. We don't grieve. We don't grieve the job we didn't get. We don't like, there's so many different, there's so many different things that happen to you that can cause just that little nick in your, in your in your armor that puts that little chink, that little chink in your armor <laughs> of, of, of whatever that experience was, man, whatever that thing was that blasted you. And we don't always grieve those things. And those things will come back to us because what happens is we, we misplace that grief and we put it into workaholism. We put it into alcoholism. We put it into all these isms that we don't, that we don't quite understand. But where are we at as far as grief? Like when, when, when do we know we're grieving? How, like when is enough grieving enough? Like when do you know it's enough? Hmm. How, like, where do you stand on this, Timmy? Where do you stand on grief? Well, you know, I, you know, I, I just looked it up because I wanted a, a better definition and it kind of goes with what I thought, but it, it, you know, it even says here it, it's uh, grief is the response to loss. 
That's right. And we lose things every day. Yeah, it's lo- loss of someone, something, or some someone has died. A, b- a bond or affection was formed, and that was lost. Although conventionally focused on the emotional response to loss, it also has a physical, cognitive, behavioral, social, cultural, spiritual, and physiological dimensions. Wow. So grief takes over the entire body. Oh, for sure. Oh, it takes over everything. It takes over the mind. It takes over the muscles. It takes over the... Yeah, I mean, going back to, you know, um, uh, you know, sadness, grief, sorrow has the same... It shows up in the brain the same way as physical pain does. Like if you were to get, you know, hurt... Punched in the shoulder real hard. Yeah, it's it lights up or, you in know, the, same the same spot in the same brain. spot in the brain as if you were extremely sad or wow. Yeah, I think that those that that emotional pain can often be worse than physical pain. Physical pain is pretty easy to deal with because physical pain can kind of come and go, and you can remedy physical pain often. Not, I mean, not all physical pain can you remedy. Okay, you can't remedy it completely, but you can remedy it enough to live with it. I think emotional pain is is a more deviant force because that the emotions come up in situations that we don't have any idea that we're grieving something even though it has nothing to do with the situation that you're in at the time. Yeah. Hmm. Right? Yeah. I, Maybe? Yeah, no. Even, even, um, you know, a memory of something can trigger a grief, I think, as well. Sure. Sure it can. I, you know, I think back on, on the losses, on, on what I'll view as losses. And, like, I, I realized that there was a time where I just went from one thing to the next thing, hammered full speed ahead, because I didn't want to look at the loss. I didn't want to experience the grief. Hmm. Sure. I didn't want to experience the pain because I wasn't willing to acknowledge the pain. I wasn't willing to give in to the validation that I was feeling the pain. I like it. I think, yeah, that's your, yeah. I can't really add anything to that. I mean, that's, that. that's shutting off grief. But how do you... Because of grief. Well, right. You shut off grief because of grief. <laughs> which is kind of, which is, you know, which is sort of a, that's paradoxical in itself. That grief will cause you to shut off more grief. It's kind of like in a situation um, when uh, uh, someone dies by suicide. In that case, because you're almost... Um, what's the word I want to use? You're, you don't want to, you, you don't want it openly discussed, you know, like someone's like, Hey, what happened? You don't, you know, it's hard because you, it, it maybe because of the stigma behind it, but it's well, all- it's not always your story to tell either. Okay. Your grief is your story. Right. And how you grieve and process that death. Right. But right, that right. death but itself saying, is not yeah, necessarily yeah. No, no, yours. Yeah. No, what I was trying to trying to trying to get at was was like the grief 
of the, the loss itself and then the grief over just talking about it surrounding the situation. Oh, right. Sure. And then then you may experience another grief. Right. That's because, what I was trying to say. And that grief may compound the next grief because... There you go. Like, and, like in, our, in our situation, somebody dies by suicide that we know. It affects us on a totally different level than it would than it would affect someone who doesn't have the experience or doesn't have the have the journey and travels that we've had. Right. Sure. And it's almost like a piece of you dies. Which it, it does. Yeah. And and I suppose and and over the last couple episodes that we've like had conversations together about talking about like the 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 mask of emotions and the and the puzzled pieces of wellness and stuff and you realize that all this stuff being so interconnected that you can't have one thing touched without the other thing being touched sure yeah so it, it, when you're grieving it, it has to touch your grief and that grief is going to touch other things because there's obviously memories and and good things tied into you grieving a loss, you grieving the loss of someone, or you grieving the loss of 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 that thing that you've spent your entire life trying to build, and and we're, and we're experiencing it. We see it every day, man. We're watching people lose their businesses. We're watching people grieve the grieve their children's loss of being able to, like we're we're just watching this in real time like we're watching grief in a different way do you think like we don't have ways to handle it i think that there's a stigma Cope with it i think that there's a stigma of grieving now granted you go to a funeral it's almost expected or or it's or it's it's not expected but it's not out of Common. place to cry Okay, it's not out of place to cry and show your sad emotions, but there's a stigma to to grieving, to grieving your loss that you experience that you happen to have the emotions of right now while you're doing something completely opposite of that, you know, while you're serving ice cream to somebody waiting in line, that grief necessarily comes to you at that point and you don't have that choice, but it overtakes you, and like there's a stigma behind grieving at like you have to. I like you have to dampen down your grief. And still, I mean, different cultures are different too, right? And different know? cultures are different. Sure. So it's like, you know, yeah. But I, get I, it. I can, but grief, grief has been like it keeps coming up in my travels. It, the word keep come the the word and the definition keeps coming up as I as I excavate stuff and 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 open up the cases and look at look at the. I think look it's, at the pictures and and read the the journal entries and stuff of of my life and look at it and go okay you know obviously I have a lot of grief that I I processed in in weird ways that right that aren't healthy well that's what I was saying like I I feel like uh, like right off the top of my head I can't really think of many positive coping skills to to deal with grief. You know, so do you not view crying as a positive thing? If you're, I like, guess, so just feeling it, like letting it. I mean, yeah, you, no, you gotta feel it. Yeah, no, I guess you're right. You know what I mean? It's like you have. I mean, again, as we know, the body keeps the score. Right. We know this. You know, right. and that then we talk. We've talked about that book. That book is amazing. Um, but your body remembers 
those things. It remembers the smells, the sensations. It remembers the feelings. It remembers the all of it, and it becomes part of your DNA, and it becomes part of your record. Hmm. And it's like there's a there's a piece in this that I want to just because I was kind of checking it out as you were talking and uh, George George Bonanno if that's how you say it um, he says grief gives us a job it's a command to slow down to turn inward and to recalibrate living in a world without without our partner without our friend without our plans with whatever it is that's gone you can feel grief for anything that is part of your identity he is a he's actually a professor of psychology at Columbia University so the, so I guess we're saying that I, I guess in order to grieve something that thing has to be something that you so viewed as part of you yeah I mean depending on well I mean because I mean, uh, depending so, on your level of well so like perfect example like Obviously, and we don't, you know, we don't talk about the stuff very often, but there has to, there's grief in, in your projects blowing up. Sure. You know what I mean? There's, there's grief. There's like, I, I, and I, you know, I can't explain the grief that I was feeling when I left Freak Nation because I didn't have words for it at the time. Yeah. I went head on into the next thing thinking I was going to do this, that, or the other thing. And, and and I didn't, and it was like you, you at some point, if you don't stop and acknowledge acknowledge the loss and look at it from all sides and say, okay, why, what, whom, you know, how do we fix this? Is it worth fixing, or or was it just something that just necessarily naturally just imploded because that's how things go and. You just, and, and you don't have to grieve. Or is there denial in not grieving? Is, is there, like, is there some form of denial in not grieving? I, Do I you would, think we have to grieve everything? Do you think grieving I, I don't is think a necessary you have to, part? but I think it is a, is a, is not necessarily a necessary part, but it's a, it's a healthy part. I okay. Think it, 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 so grief is healthy. Sure. And it's a healthy response Absolutely. to. Yeah. So grief is a response and not a reaction. I don't or or would the reaction be you being all pissed off because you're grieving, but yet you don't acknowledge? <laughs> you know what I mean? I know there's there's a lot to it, man. I just I feel like if again with like other cultures how they handle, um, you know, whether it be uh, uh, like a death of a loved one or or <clears throat> you know they do like ceremonies and it's kind of like a a big deal and like you know everybody has. You know, some people dress up, and you know what I mean. It's sure. It's just, it, it, I don't, I don't. So, do you think the culture defines the grieving process? Yeah, you do. I kind of do. Do you think that it's it's it, is it is it so defined, or is there room within that definition to to create your own? Yeah, I mean, it depends on who you, who, yeah, I mean, it depends on where you are, you know, what cult, some, I mean, some cultures is probably, you know, very demanding, like, this is how it's done, you know, 
Um, and again, even even in our culture, it's like a, um, you know a funeral or ceremony. Uh, you know, when someone passes, it's it it's almost like um, you feel like if you're having a good conversation with like a family member and reliving some happy memories, if you laugh and like smile, it's you almost get a little guilt. Yeah. There's right. a little guilt there because you think you even said it before. Yeah, you because well say. because right, and you think because the grieving process is supposed to be sad, but maybe it's not. Maybe maybe all grief isn't supposed. To, maybe you're not yeah. supposed to be sad. Maybe grieving something is looking at the happiness too. Again, this because is, this is such an important topic, and and just goes to show you how how to start asking the questions well, about. But but even even why. It should be in, like talked about more in even you know somewhat in schools even because I I don't know a lot of these answers and I don't like you know what I mean like I'm not really I'm not really sure on some of this stuff so I I honestly don't know how to answer them because I really I'm I'm not really familiar with it you know I mean in certain aspects sure but like. To give like a, um, to give like a a, a full on opinion on it is is a little bit tough for me, I guess. I can I can say this um, when it comes to grieving situations. I know this about me that I like when I when in one situation doesn't work anymore, I like to try to be removed from it as much as possible. And I know that that has been a very hard thing for me to to do in the last eight, nine years. It's very hard to separate myself from from past because to me the past never ended because I'm still technically involved. Even though I'm not, I still am. And I still feel that I still feel that connection. And, so and that was like an identity you, thing. You feel like you haven't grieved properly over that whatever it is? I, I don't know necessarily if I haven't grieved properly or if my my conception of what grief should be is is jaded or or if I should just suck it up and be like, well, you're not and and there's that part of it, but then that would be denying my feelings and right. denying how it makes me feel. Right. And that is basically part of the problem. Is yeah, that suppressing those feelings. Because it's suppressing feelings, and I feel that I've always suppressed everything yeah. for many, many years. So it's it's one of those... Which can have... Which has negative effects, man. It yeah. has phys physiological effects that are negative. Right. And, you know, it's it's... You're, yeah. You break down and and stuff. But that's the thing. It's like, I think, I think a variable in suppressing them is, like, we genuinely don't know what to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, right. And especially if you were raised, I suppose, in a culture where, oh, well, don't cry. Boys don't cry. Well, that too. Boys don't sure. cry. Boys aren't sad. Suck it up. You know, toxic yeah. masculinity, and not, and not even toxic masculinity. That that we're getting toxic masculinity is a little bit further up the line. But yeah, but but, I know what you're uh, but uh, you know when you when somebody you know you lose a you lose your first fish, 
and you know, and, and you're a boy, and you start to cry, and you're told, "No, don't, don't, don't cry. You're a boy. You don't cry. It's a fish. You flush it down the toilet, buy a new one." It like sets a bad precedent that oh, emotions are bad, and then emotions get trapped, and they never get fully processed, and that grief never is fully acknowledged, and it creates this, this, oh, this the tsunami of of grief that you don't understand right because you haven't been allowed to feel and you haven't been allowed to acknowledge the fact that you're even hurt because you can't be hurt boy you can't be hurt that's that's weak <laughs> yeah. that's weak you yeah. can't have can't have feelings that's weak well and i think a lot of that stems from again people not knowing so if you don't know well people know but people often are willing to go along because they don't want to feel that they're that they're I don't know not I part don't of the think tribe. People know it's like it's 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 I think it's um you know it's something that if you don't know and this is the way you do it you're gonna pass it down to the next generation and that's how they're gonna do it because well right but that's it's up to you to learn well sure yeah. or, or it's up to you to at least make the attempt sure you know sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah. And that may actually crack the grief, you know, the grief nut enough to break it open and start allowing yourself to process the grief, to process the loss. I think grieving comes from, I think you have to grieve when you're doing this type of work because it takes acknowledgement. And it, it takes a strong acknowledgement that, yes, that meant so much to me because I put my entire being into that. And then it just, it didn't, you know what I mean? And then you it know doesn't. what? And as you're saying this, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back. I just recently, I feel like it might be in this, but I just couldn't find it. But I, I know I read something somewhat recently and it... Don't they have like a a model like seven stages of grief? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, denial and right. Yes. So okay. So if I remember correctly, what I read it was that whoever came up with those stages, yeah, it was intended on. It was it was meant for that person. It's not meant for. It's me not meant for me to grieve. To, for the, it's meant. By the person, by the situation, because not everybody grieves the same way. Well, not only that, but it was just, it was just that's how. It was and, it, and there's I, no set. the The seven it was, it was the seven stages for, of grief are not in an order. They someone are, that was dying, basically, like okay. say if you were on, um, if you were on so the, in, uh, in hospice, right? Sure, yes, that's exactly right, and okay. that's what it was. That's how I. That I'm, I'm almost positive that's how it like transpired. And that's what it was intended for. So that's why now it's kind of like you, you know, if someone's grieving and, then, and they're like, well, you're grieving that loss, here's some seven stages, but they're really not. Well, the seven state, you don't actually go through the seven stages in an order, and you don't even have to hit all the seven stages right. in order to, to grieve properly. They're just this, this basis of, you know, they're a model to say right. that this right. is what they are. But you may not necessarily feel all these things, right? Well, that's the thing, and I, I, 
I don't know if if the model itself says that on it. Like some people look at it and you know if they're um, like a logistician and they're looking at it and they're like these are seven stages, so I have to feel this, this, and this. And right. This. You know what I mean? It doesn't right. say like you may or may not feel all these. You know, and I think right. Okay, so there's sort of a misnomer to think that you're supposed to that you're going to go through all these stages. Could be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wish I knew what they were off the top of my head. I know denial is one of the biggest ones. Yeah, denial is definitely denial is definitely one of the biggest ones. Bargaining is another one. Bargaining. Yeah, bargaining. Um, and 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 I and I've done a lot of that throughout my life. You know, you you say, well, if I can do this again, I'll I I won't do this. That you know, that's that bargaining stage of. You know, and then there's the denial of, oh, no, this, no, I'm fine. Everything's good. You know, you can this shit all a, over yourself. I don't know how to pronounce it. This is the Kubler-Ross model. Okay. Um, this is five stages, actually. Denial, anger, depression, bargaining, and then acceptance. Ah. I like the five. Oh, maybe it is the five stages. I don't know why I was thinking it was the seven. I, don't, I think I said seven. I don't know. But I, I think a, it's the five stages. Yeah, that's, yeah. the existence of these stages has not been empirically demonstrated, and the model is not considered helpful in examining, or in, I'm sorry, it's not uh, in explaining. It's not considered helpful in explaining the grieving process. It is considered to be of historical value, but outdated in scientific terms and in clinical practice. So this model was first introduced in by Swiss American psych, psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler Ross in 1969. It was uh, she had it in her in a book that she released in 1969, book on death and dying, and was inspired by her work with terminally ill patients. Hmm. Motiv- motivated by the lack of instruction in medical schools on the subject of death and dying, she examined death. And those faced with it. So yeah, that's just what I mean. It's like there's not much on it. So right, it's like know. we don't understand grief as much as we understand depression. And what we do understand is is that depression can be caused by grief, and depression can cause grief. So it's it's all interchangeable. Yeah, they're like Legos. Legos. They all fit together. <laughs> so denial is the first react the first reaction is denial. In this stage individuals believe the diagnosis is somehow mistaken and cling to a false preferable reality, which is basically kind Which of is suffering. Just basically always, right, which you know, is what we've which is what we, we talk cling about. To that. That's right, we cling to wanting it to be different. Number two, anger. When the individual recognizes that denial can't cannot continue, they become frustrated, especially at proximate individuals. Yeah, especially at the ones who give them the diagnosis or the ones right. that say they can't yep. or the ones that Yeah. Yeah. Bargaining. The third stage involves the hope that the individual can avoid a cause of grief. That's right. Usually the negotiation for an extended life is made in exchange for a reformed lifestyle. People facing less serious trauma can bargain or seek compromise. In, in number four, depression. Um, I'm so sad. Why bother with anything? I'm going to die soon. So what's the point? I miss my loved one. So why should I go on? How can I go on? 
During the fourth stage, the individual despairs at the recognition of their mortality. In this state, the individual may become silent, refuse visitors, and spend much of the time mournful and sullen. Uh, acceptance, the fifth one. Wow, um, it goes. That's a, to me. That's a pretty far stretch to go from depression to acceptance. It is, but I mean, because that's like, dude, you don't just wake up one day and be like, okay, everything's good. <laughs> It's like, I mean, maybe you do. I mean, maybe that's how it happens, or maybe that's the, maybe that's the way it seems that it happens. But it just seems, seems like there's a something missing in there that says you go from depression to. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't. I, you know, it's maybe it's not necessarily meant to be like right after this is going to be this. You know, after, you know, maybe after um, depression, you know, after working through depression. Then you can say. Then maybe a little resilience builds, and then you're into. Then you can the accept, accept it, it and say, yeah. you know, because you put a few, put a few more tools in that bat belt of yours. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish I had more tools on. Um, on grief. Grief is. Uh, to be grief stricken is is a pretty intense thing, man. It is. But it doesn't matter like it can cause like it can be caused by anything. Mm. That's the thing. Like that's well, the loss like that of goes something to show, is... the loss of something and we yeah. all lose something every day. Yeah. Right. And we're losing stuff every day. Attachment, you know, that's why we Right, and we're attached. We're attached to things, we're attached well, to outcomes, we're right. attached Buddhism... to is like no attachments. We're attached know? to our identities. And I think our identities are the biggest form of our of our pain is that we identify with so many of these things that we think are really us that aren't really us. So do you think identity is just your ego? I think identity is very ego driven. I don't necessarily think that your identity is bad. And I don't think that identifying with your with it is bad but it is if it causes you a lot of pain gotcha because like like perfect so so my my you know my former career i you know I, like i lived and breathed that identity like that's how i even introduced myself for for like, I mean, you yeah, know, yeah, like, no, and, I remember that night they say, you it. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I identified with it so strongly that once it wasn't there, I didn't know who I was anymore. Hmm. And now, when I look back at it, I see who I was, and I don't want to be that person. And I, and to me, I still feel just because I'm still taking care of it technically that I'm still in it, and it never goes away. Like that, that grief never like, like, and it causes me to, you know, to not. Yeah. It, hmm. It's interesting. It's a, it's a very, uh, convoluted topic. With yeah. Well, facets. there's so many facets that can, yeah. that can, these are all things that we'll have to discuss in further episodes. Yeah. About yeah, because, the grieving process, because we're all going to grieve. Yeah, and I think the more, um, the more we know about it, the more we um, know how to 
I mean, I say the more we know how to handle it, it's, you know, it might be a bad choice of words, but, um, you know, the better off we'll be, you know. Oh, in the long run, absolutely. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. And it, it could help. It would just help the whole process, you know what I mean? Yeah, if you had a handle on grief and you knew what it was or you knew, I mean, you kind of know what it is, but you don't necessarily know what it's doing. You don't necessarily put the two and two together that, oh, I'm doing this because I'm grieving. I'm grieving this. Like, you don't, like, and again, it comes down to being mindful. Yeah. Like, it's because I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Why am I hurt? Well, I'm hurt because obviously I had all my eggs in this basket. I put myself into this and I feel that there's a part of me that is, that, that got stomped on. Right. And you have to acknowledge that part. You have sure. to acknowledge that piece. Right. But, but I think that's a huge, that's a very, not only huge first step, but I think it's a, it's a, it's such a positive first step, you know, like, you know, just being mindful of it and, and going through and go, why am I? And then connect that to go, okay. And that, that helps. It does, but I don't necessarily think you can do it in the moment. Oh, for sure. No. Cause that's, sure. that's Bodhisattva stuff right there. That's, that's being enlightened. If you can do that in the moment and be like, oh, I obviously, hey, I'm, yeah, well, gee. I'm feeling this because, <laughs> yeah, no. well, gee, obviously, <laughs> I'm about to get fired. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, no, I I get it. And now I'm with, grieving because now I got to go find another job that I'm going to hate. And, especially with the loss of a, of a loved one. I mean, that's, you know, you know, that's. I think like almost all bets are off on that, you know. Well, I think that losing losing a loved one is a different grief than necessarily losing an ideal. But I think that there's a lot of correlations between the two of them because it's all about well, identity. Well, it's all grief. It, it, I mean, it, it's all grief, but it's know. all about identity. Because if you're with somebody for so long, you can't help but become part of that person. It, it, and it, we and it's been proven that we all do. We just oh yeah because you just spend so much that you become and you can see you think it. It's like a Western thing or uh, yeah. more of a human. Thing. I think it's more of a human thing. I think it's more of the human bonding thing. I think it's that our need for connection. Connection and I think our need for connection and our 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 ability to mirror. The things that we like, and our ability to mirror the things we don't like, too. But but I think that our mirroring mirroring ability causes that because you mirror what you see because you want to fit in with with your loved one or mm -hmm. with your person. And that's how you learn too, really. Right. Well, that's it's, it's, it's part of that. It's that it's part of that connection. And I think that there's a deep. And I think especially when it when it infiltrates your identity, and especially when you are our age, you're wearing so old. many hats. <laughs> old, yes. <laughs> when you're wearing so many hats, you can't help but be involved in your identity because it just because these are these things, these are these hats that you wear that you've been told are, are you for so long. Oh well, you got to go to work. This is your job. This is you. You need like domesticated, de domesticated, right? See? See, and it's like, so does domestication lead to grief? No, I think no. I think I think. Oh wait, yes. I'm sorry. Yes, it, being domesticated. Yes, does being domesticated sure. lead lead to grief? I think so. Or does it aid in grief? 
it yeah whichever however you want to put it but there's yes aids and grief for sure it aids into your grieving process or it aids into you finding grief finding grief yeah okay i would say right mm -hmm. I, I don't know i it's I, i'm not sure I, i'm not sure where i come out on that i i yeah i'd say aids in, in, in grief just finding grief it you know discontent and you know it's, it's all gonna yeah. it's like it's like that it's it's like a garden you know and you're growing all that stuff it's so close next to it but they're all a little bit different you know yeah that's true they are all a they little look, bit different they look similar flowers but they're different species hmm I know, it's a how's one. your garden grow don't don't fill it with grief. Yeah. Don't fill it with grief. Fill it with love and water it and attend water to it. it. That's right. Sing to it. Sing to it, man. Sing to it. Speak to it. They like being talked to, man. It's like the ectoplasm from Ghostbusters. Remember when they put the happy good music on? <laughs> That's how it jumped. Yeah. It was based on factual events. <laughs> uh. I can't remember. Who was that? What was that song? Wasn't Ghostbusters? Yeah. Was it Ghostbusters? I think it was Ghostbusters 2. Oh. Because it was with the... I ain't afraid of no ghost. Get me higher or something like that. Get me higher. When they did the Statue of Liberty, and I think that's when... Um, yeah. I can't think of it, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> to me, with your IMDB page the night for Ghostbusters 2. That's what happens. Yeah, you know. It's all good, man. Music, music, movies, it's all part of my therapy. Yeah, it is. It's all a part of our therapy here. We talk about them a lot. Because they're, they're just they're part of our DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just like grief. Just like grief. Grief is, yeah, you think it's... I definitely think that grief can change your DNA, man. Yeah. I think it can change the whole entire trajectory of your life. I think, I think right. it can cause you to miss your entire life. For sure. I mean, it can cause you to find it. Sure. For sure. It can, yeah. But it can have the opposite effect and have you lose the entire thing. And I think people spend their entire lives not realizing they're even grieving. So, you know, we could possibly say that, or would you say, grief is, it could be a traumatic event. Sure. Yeah. Grief, grief can be a trauma. I think grief can cause trauma. Right. And I right. think that you, I, but I don't necessarily think that it has to be a traumatic event to cause to grieving. Cause grief. Okay. Because, I, but again, I, but again, trauma is relative to the person. So if it leaves an indelible mark on them, then that's trauma. If it causes them to feel that it's, it's changed their life in way or their way of thinking or that is technically trauma. Right. So then I guess you got to, I guess, yes. You know, it's, it's gotta be, I guess grief is, is, is caused by trauma and I, I suppose it can be traumatic. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it can, it, it can. No, I know. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. I know it sounds sort of, <laughs> it sounds kind of really cynical when you, but it's, yeah. but it's, but it's true. It can it can be a cause of your trauma 
And it can be caused by trauma. Hmm. Yeah, again, this is so, it's so uh, in depth. Well, there's tentacles that pop out. Like yeah. you, you pull one tentacle over and there's like five more that pop up and you're like, wow, we could go in like six different directions with it. But Release the Kraken. <laughs> kraken. Yeah, exactly. You could. You could go in all the different directions. You could go in all the different directions. So would you say that maybe grief could be like the, the head of the Kraken and then all its tentacles could be like, you know, like maybe trauma or... Well, I think that the tentacles are the way that you handle the grief. I think that if the Kraken is, is grief itself, the tentacles are the... Are the are the re the reactions and responses to the grief, and then the grief, the grief causes those tentacles to move in one way or another. I'd buy that. But you definitely have to let the kraken go, though. The kraken needs to be free. <laughs> it needs to be set off with the Loch Ness monster. Free Bigfoot. Willy. Free Willy. That's right. Free Willy. Nice. It's time to free Willie. It's time to free Willie. It's time to free Willie. All right. Well, on that note, um, you know, hopefully uh, we can free Willie for next episode. And uh, Willie, what do you say? I say, until next time, be, be well. Be safe. Be above. Above Ground Podcast is in no way intended to be a substitute for professional help in any manner or degree. We are not therapists, doctors, or professionals in the medical field. These are the opinions and experiences of two individuals just like you, our peers, who live with mental illness and all of its conditions. If you or anyone you know are experiencing a mental health crisis, please go to your nearest emergency room, call 911, or you can call the National Suicide Hotline 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. 8255. Be well, be safe, be above. <laughs>